Our guest this week is Tiffany Chukiat. Tiffany is a law attorney practicing business, commercial, and general civil litigation at her firm in Southern California. In addition to being a mother of two, Tiffany, with her three co-hosts, also has a podcast called Tit Talks, a show in which they talk about the world of modern motherhood and a community that brings women together. Tiffany, welcome to the show, and how are you doing today? Great. Thanks. Thanks for calling me a special guest. I really appreciate it. I'm flattered that you would have me on here. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to clarify that when TIT talks, that stands for T-I-T-T, because there are three Tiffany's and one Isa, and that's the best way we could think to make um, an acronym. It's not just boobs, but oh, we do talk about boobs, too, because we're women <laughs> and moms. You know, I wanted to just um, kind of just get started on your journey um, here and, you know, how did you end up being located where you are today, Tiffany? Oh, my gosh. Well, what a great question. How did I end up here? It's all because of my parents. It's crazy, too, because I'm so different from them. I, it's, I love them so much. And, like, I can't even imagine being living far away from them. But, I mean, I grew up in Irvine. I went to uh, elementary, middle, and high school here. And then I went as far as UCLA, right? Mm -hmm. Wow, so far from Irvine. And then I came back from law school, and then I just ended up moving closer and closer to home. And um, and I'm specifically just talking about how geographically I ended up here. Um, when I talk about my occupation, that'll be that can that's a little different. But um, I also just I, I have a very close relationship with my parents, as different as we are, and they are two amazing grandparents to my two sons. Mm -hmm. And um, very recently, we moved back to Irvine. We purchased the house that I lived in until I was in fourth grade so that we could be close to my parents and safe in Irvine. So geographically, that's that's how I'm here. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> um, how did you, you know, start becoming like an attorney um, here? Because I don't think like people growing up, they're like, oh, I'm just going to like, you know, go straight to law. You know, there's, right. you know, they usually want to, you know, become, I don't know, like an astronaut to become a doctor, you know. Um, just kind of wondering how that, how you took that path. Um, here. Right. That's a great question. So I went to UCLA as an econ major. I quickly found that I didn't really like it. And I majored in history and I minored in anthropology. And there's only, I mean, there's probably actually, I mean, those are pretty broad ranges of studies, but it's been ingrained in me since I was a little girl that I was going to grad school. And I guess with my personality and those subjects, I figured, why not law school? Because I like to communicate. I, I think I can put together a pretty good argument. And that's how I ended up at law school. Gotcha. It's, yeah, and it was like always ingrained in me that I was going to go to school, go to college, and then right after college, go to uh, grad school. Was there anything that kind of inspired you to go that route too, besides going to, you know, school and taking classes? Was there maybe like a TV show or someone else that inspired you, you know, close by? Uh, I wish I had a more entertaining answer, but no, it was mostly because I knew I had to go to, excuse me, I knew I had to go to grad school. And that's like, you will see, there are just certain things that were ingrained in me, right? With my parents, I, I listened to my parents all the time. So I just thought that was, I didn't think I had another choice. I just thought it was the way to go. Even though, you know, 
when I kind of grew up and went to law school, I learned that I definitely could have taken a different way and that while I turned 18, I'm an adult now. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to do everything my parents say, but I did it because I'm an awesome daughter. <laughs> and I will say it paid off because I, you know, I got done with school like as, as young as I could be. Mm-hmm. But um, I will say that uh, looking back, I, I, I if, if I had, if, if I had my choice, I, I maybe would have taken a little bit more time off. I guess generally, what's like some of the driving forces, you know, that's, you know, make, make you want to go to work every day and stuff because, you know, it's been kind of tough with the pandemic and everything and people are not very motivated here um, and other factors too. But yeah, just wanted to kind of see what kind of, um, you know, things that have motivated you throughout the years. Yeah. Well, one, I, I work for a small firm and I think I'm lucky enough to actually really like my clients and be mm-hmm. compassionate towards their situation. And as a litigator, I know that I wouldn't want my family or myself ever to be involved in litigation because I know how stressful it can be and how um, expensive it can be. So I really, I, I really just don't wish anyone in that position. However, you know, uh, my clients are individuals and, and business entities, and by the time they end up in litigation, it's because they really had no other choice. So I'm, I'm able to sympathize and empathize with them. And I think um, that at least knowing that, you know, I, I represent people that I like, that I really want to help out, that's, that's a driving motivation for me to mm-hmm. get the work done. Also, um, I need to set a good example for my kids to show them work ethic. And maybe if I don't always want to go to work, you know, this is – this is what we do and this is what we need to do to put food on the table and take you to fun places and buy you Legos. Gotcha. So, those so, are some of the big factors. Yeah, showing by example, it's always good, right? Yeah, I, I, I attempt to. And when um, and when I, when I do something that I don't think should be an example, I learn very quickly that I don't want it to be an example because Kai, my almost four-year-old, is very quick to copy basically anything he sees. <laughs> Are there any certain habits or skills that you've acquired or learned throughout the years that have, um, you know, made you a high performer that you are today? Yes, I think so. Uh, my mom, Mrs. Chuget, she's very famous amongst my friends. She's just, she's super type A, you know, mm-hmm. um, I hate to say like typical Asian mom because I don't want to, that's not, I don't want to have a bad connotation, but you know, like they're always on you. It's like they want the best for you. They want you to always perform at your best. So you could, you know, you could do 99 things right, but that one thing, it's like, well, what about that one thing, you know? So um, growing up, I will say that my mom instilled in me a sense of anxiety. So there's always a, there's always something in me thinking about what is coming up tomorrow like I you will I, I will always know my schedule for tomorrow and well for the rest of the week like I take one week and I soak in what the next week is going to look like and so I can be anxious about it and mental prep for what is due and um 
thing like conversations I will have to have and events I will have to face or, you know, even good things to look forward to. So it's like I so I, I think the ability to plan ahead is um, what is a skill I've developed and that enables me to succeed in my career. Yeah. You know, sometimes that anxiety growing up is a good thing in a sense, right? Oh like, I think when we're, while we're dealing with it at the time, it, it feels like hell, right? Where we're getting a lot of crap from our parents. You never get to relax. I, I don't know when I'll ever really get to relax. I hope one day soon, but like <laughs> even on vacation, right? Even, even if you go on vacation, like, especially like me with kids, I, there's, there's no relaxing. Yeah. There's enjoying. I wouldn't say it's relaxing. <laughs> I wanted to kind of pivot, um, maybe towards like your lifestyle. And um, you know how creativity has maybe impacted your life in a way here. And uh, was there maybe another industry that you were particularly interested in in terms of u utilizing a creative side of you, besides you know being in being in law and stuff? Right. Uh, I will have to say no, <laughs> and that sounds so boring. But it's because I think I've always been so goal oriented. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's things that I would love to do. Like I love to go karaoke and I, I, I think I can draw pretty well. I think I would be an okay artist if I had allowed myself to, to focus on that. But for the most part, I think I've always been like per, private career. What, what's that going to do? And I'm very thankful that, you know, I've gotten used to it. Right. I've, I've learned that I can do this and I can spend time with my friends working on the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Which that wasn't really even my, that wasn't my idea at all. That was one of the other Tiffany's ideas, which I'm so glad she invited me to, but I found such joy in doing that and like talk, meeting people and like talking to me, just like I'm talking to you. Um, I guess knowing that I can handle my law career as well as, you know, manage, set aside some time to allow myself to do the podcasting um, is, is, uh, I guess I'm finding it now as opposed to have, you know, thinking about that when I was young, I'm kind of like growing into it. Yeah. And also goes to show you don't have to necessarily quit your day job, you know, to find some creative outlet that you like to do. Right. Because right. some people, they think, OK, well, you know, I want to just do this creative thing full time. Right. But at the same time, they don't really understand, you know, they have like expenses to pay for. You know, they have things to you know be accountable for on a monthly to weekly basis. And that your example shows that you can still keep your career. Right. Work hard at it, but then also utilize other platforms as a way to show that creative side to kind of um, find your own voice in that aspect. And wow. I think we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about, you know, your podcast um, here and, you know, how you got started. Um, you know, you talked about hosting it with three, um, three people. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell me how you guys got started and what inspired you in particular to get into podcasting? Okay. Well, I kind of, uh, I'll answer the second question first. I kind of just got drawn into it because my, my, my Tiffany's and Isa, they are like a, a, a core best friend group. So um, I'd say that we all we all graduated from UCLA. We're in the same sorority together. Um, have just grown to be best friends. We've all had 
got married and had kids around the same time. Mm-hmm. And so there comes a point in life where you just, you, you can't do what we used to do, right? Which was like, go out during the weekends and have all this time for ourselves. Now it's like, now we have family play dates. So um, early last year, we were at my house, my old house in Huntington Beach with uh, uh, the, Tilo, who's one of the Tiffany's, Ticha, okay. who's another Tiffany, and then Isa. And Tilo was is is a podcast fanatic. And you know, I don't know if this is really a secret, but I I don't I don't really listen to that many podcasts. Like <laughs> I I will podcast, but I, I need to get better at listening to them. But Tilo, you know, she noticed a void in kind of Asian American representation in entertainment. And as a podcast listener, she realized there were very few people who she could really relate to, like the way she relates to us, right? Yeah. The, the Tiffany's and Issa. So we had always uh, discussed one day doing our own sort of business or project together. Uh, how, how great would it be? And I, we all collectively agreed that this this is something we thought we could do, and we did it, which was uh, which was amazing. It's so amazing to be able to hear our own shows on the on the interwebs, right? Yeah, yeah. So it it, inspi- it was inspired by one person out of your group, right? And then she it actually was, it, yeah, it was her idea, and uh, we we all we all agreed, right? I, and I I totally I don't know anyone like me. <laughs> who's in the entertainment industry actually uh, i like aquafina <laughs> i think she could she would have a good time with us i like ali wong i think she would have a good time with us but in terms of like yeah like people specifically more like us and not in a, not even limiting it to asian americans just like young kind of more normal moms mm-hmm. is that like normal what's normal that's such a that's such a you know, uh, cliche name or yeah, like, cliche. Also subjective term, right? I mean, yeah. the, the norm, the people that we know about are all really rich and famous. <laughs> we don't really hear stories about like, like our stories. Yeah. That we can relate to. So we kind of talk about your podcast here and how you guys got started, but, um, how do you guys actually define success with like content creation and podcasting in general though? Yes, I love it. So when we got together to discuss what what our goals were with this podcast, it wasn't like fame and money because and we that, that just never was our goal. But it was, you know, based on the impetus of this podcast, it was really to be able to connect with people who were like us, with women who were like us, moms who were like us, and to let them know that there is a community for them and that hopefully they can they hear our stories and think, oh my gosh, like I, I, I totally relate to that. That's so funny. Or if they're going through something, know that people like them, like us, go through the same things, right? Yeah. It's not all picture perfect. So, so similar to like having a platform for the modern mother to kind of relate to and to kind of like listen to on like maybe a weekly or biweekly basis here, right? right. How yeah, often do you guys um, as, we, as we drop episodes? It's almost bi-weekly when we're up in season. Yeah, it's kind of tough for all 
all you guys to get together, right? To yeah, record an episode. Yeah, really good planners. <laughs> and I think it really works all because like along with being best friends, we all have that, you know, pretty much type A personalities where it's like, if we want to get something done, we'll get it done and we'll set mm -hmm. aside time and we'll schedule it because if you ask us to do it tomorrow, no, we can't do it tomorrow. But if you, you know, we can schedule it a, a few weeks or a month away from now, we can at least all mentally yeah. plan for that, right? Definitely. Well, I'm glad that you guys got together and uh, yeah. you know, put together so, the podcast and everything because you know after college it's kind of tough to um, to get together with your friends that you used to hang out with and it's even extra tougher now that uh, the pandemic happened like about a year ago um, here where you know um, just live gatherings are challenging as it is right so podcasting and just um, having something in common can definitely um, kind of fuel your friendship there Absolutely. And I know that when we first had this idea, when we were first organizing things, we were thinking mm -hmm. we would all be in a room together. It would be our, our time to, ke to catch up. We'd all be sitting across from each other and talking to each other and looking at each other in the face, in the eyes, in real time and not through, through Zoom, which is basically how all of our episodes have been recorded except for like two of them. I think. And those two one those two episodes were so fun. They were so fun to just be able to like just really let loose and yeah. stay on your mind in the present in the personal presence of someone else. So yeah. yeah, you know, I started podcasting right when the pandemic happened, right? Mm -hmm. So I never really Good got the you. opportunity. But yeah. We have a group. <laughs> I really admire you doing it on your own. That's a lot of work too. Well, I actually started another podcast in the beginning of last year called Elevated Poker with my co-host at the time here. And it was mainly to kind of inspire um, low stakes poker players and talk about life stuff as well, because we can kind of relate to that there. And it inspired me to kind of branch out and start my own show uh -huh. to kind of talk about um, habits, skills, talk to high performers like like you, like yourself here, and not just Thank famous people. Thank you for people. calling me a high performer. I, uh, yeah, I, that I, I think I that you are a high performer just from talking to you right now, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, but- I, I guess you I know, do get a lot of stuff done. I have to think about it more in that way. Yeah, but um, you know, a lot of podcasts nowadays, they only talk to famous people. Mm -hmm. And like I wanted me. to have a platform <laughs> where we can talk to just people like you and me, right? Yes. And kind of give their opinion or their um, their take, you know, on how they go about life and how they succeed and stuff. Right. So um, just very admirable. The lay people. Yeah. The lay people who have a, <laughs> a more grounded view on the world, a more realistic view of what it takes to get by. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite episode or moment um, that you'd like to share? Um, I have one favorite moment. I mean, I have one favorite episode and I have one favorite moment. Oh, I have two favorite episodes. I will share them. One's a sneak peek, I guess. But uh, this one is kind of silly. You know, like as moms, we're professional moms, professional women. So we talk about more serious subjects, but we also talk about very lighthearted subjects. And the first episode I hosted was called LBK's Lady Boner Killers. And that was just basically for us to uh, talk about the things that really 
really turn us off that men do. And that, I heard from our audience, was very, very funny. And based on our stats, one of the most favorite episodes to date. So we just had a good, funny time talking about that and commiserating about things that we wish people wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, upcoming favorite episode is called TikTok's Tales of the Supernatural. So that's basically us just talking about some of our supernatural experiences, which is really fun. We have mm-hmm. one one of our one of us, her name Ticha, one of those Tiffany's. She's absolutely terrified of ghosts stories and supernatural stories so she kind of just listened but it's amazing to 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 hear about the stories of the other girls and just how many how many stories they have if you believe in that stuff otherwise i guess it can sound kind of sound, sound kind of hokey yeah so but, it sounds like you guys do quite a lot of research before each episode right or is it some planning we definitely, well, we definitely have to sit down and talk about, okay, well, what topics do we want to, you know, uh, yeah. talk about this, this quote season, right? And so, uh, I, I don't know who taught, who, who thought of the, the supernatural one, but that was super funny. And I think that there's a part two coming up. Nice, there nice. There should be a part two because I, we, we all have more stories. And uh, I get my, my favorite moment was, Real was it was learning, especially from one of our newer guests, how much she appreciated what we do. And so through through our podcast, through our platform, we've connected with so many amazing women, especially you know Asian American women and business entrepreneurs. One in particular, her name is Lisa Tran, and she uh, she created her family's restaurants. Sauce line, which is now distributed distributed in American grocery stores. Not, not all of them, but um, pretty pretty large chains. One's called mm-hmm. like New Seasons in the Pacific Northwest, and it's coming soon to Albertsons. Okay, but she one is just so super nice and so humble with her success, but also very you know uh, willing to share her and her family stories. They were Vietnamese refugees, but at mm-hmm. the end of our conversation, she just she told us how much she appreciated what we are doing and how funny she thought we were and how when she listens to our stories, like she can laugh with us and cry with us. And it's so good to know that there are girls like us out there just going through the same stuff and making it through and trying to find ways to survive and thrive and that we're doing it right here. And, um, you know, representation matters, right? That's more and more what we're learning today. Yeah. So it's so nice to see someone who looks, Kind of like you, um, and hear them and hear them talk and hear their stories as well. Yeah, it's definitely rewarding to kind of have people reveal that. Oh, you know, your podcast was inspiring, or I've been listening to your stuff all this time and stuff. Even though, like, we don't really do it for the recognition per se, uh-huh. you know, and we definitely don't do it for the money, right? right. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just uh, I I can kind of relate, you know, in terms of. Um, how it rewards you in a sense. Yes, it is very rewarding to know that someone can actually connect with you. Someone that you don't even know, right? Can connect with you and appreciate your story. Definitely. I want to talk about um, 
kind of like motherhood. You know, you mentioned that you have two children of your own there, and it must be keeping you busy, right? How old are your children now? My older boy, he is three turning four next month. Okay. So he's basically four, but I'm like, I feel like he's almost been four for five years now. He's just, I, I keep on saying he's almost four. He is amazing. He's very smart. He's very funny. I think he gets his humor from me. From you, not, a, <laughs> not, not, not from the father? or <laughs> No, Glenn's not as funny as I am. I can say that <laughs> affirmatively. <laughs> um, when he tells jokes, we call them Glenn jokes, as mm. like in the same way, in the same way you would refer to a dad joke. Yeah. But I guess when you like can appreciate his Glenn joke, dad joke ness, like it, it's pretty, it could be funny. There's been a few times where I have like really LOL at him. Uh, my other son is nine months old. His name is Casey, and he's great. And it's funny because once you you just said like uh, you know talking about motherhood, and I'm so busy. I am so busy. I am so busy, and I like I don't I don't really get to. I thought about this like last week, right? I just don't get to relax until I go to sleep. But even then, like when I go when I hit the bed, when I put my head on the pillow, I'm like, okay, go through tomorrow. What what is tomorrow gonna look like? Mm-hmm. And then I just. I'm out and then I wake up and then I'm doing, you just, there's always something to be done and there's always a goal towards, a goal that you're working towards with regard to like either work or babies. Yeah. So how challenging is it to juggle your, both your occupation in law and also being like a mother of uh, two very young children? Right. So this is a great question. It's challenging, right? Because it's, it's tiring and you're always doing something. However, I am, I am so blessed and I am thankful every day that, you know, my parents live so close and my parents are always willing to help out with, with the kids. In fact, like for the most, since, since the pandemic hit, my parents have been helping me watch them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas like Kai used to go to preschool, like a Montessori preschool he hasn't been there in almost a year now because, you know, my parents are always like, well, if we don't need to risk it, don't risk it. Let's yeah. keep him out. And on top of that, my dad's like teaching him how to read and do math, which is insane for me. And like, he's a much better teacher than I could be because I, 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 I can lose my patience with, with my kids. It's, it's hard. I, I can't imagine how, how my dad's doing that, but you know, he's, he's an angel. He's a saint. So yeah. Well, to find a way to listen to him, you know, onto some uh, serious, more serious matters, Tiffany. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, let's talk about some of the AAPI events that has been going on. So for our audience who doesn't really know what AAPI stands for is Asian American Pacific Islander. And um, I know you expressed, um, some thoughts on social media about this matter. And I wanted to kind of get your feedback on, you know, the hate crimes that have been commit that have been connected to COVID-19 um, in most recent weeks um, here. What are your thoughts about this? And um, do you think racism has kind of turned for the worse in this matter? Yeah. So I, I think that, it's definitely gotten worse with with COVID, and no thanks to President Trump. And I'll I'll name him right. And I'm not I'm not super political, but I just knew 
as soon as he as soon as he called it China virus and Kung flu, that it was not going to be good for Asian people. There was no way it was going to have a positive effect on Asian people, and he knew that, right? How could yeah. you say that and no and and just not have no remorse for it and continue to stick by it? Um, as expected, it's gotten worse, and you hear all sorts of. Uh, You've heard, I, I have heard, and I'm sure you have heard of so many incidents where maybe our friends or our distant friends have been verbally abused by people who don't, by people who are so, who are persuaded by, you know, our former president's uh, terrible comments and just a, a terrible, inaccurate narrative that Asians equal COVID. Or associated yeah. with COVID, um, I, I think also like I, I can draw a very clear distinction between a uh, connection between the people who perpetrate these sorts of terrible acts, and I, 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 I chalk it up to being very ignorant, sheepish, and cowardly, especially with regard to assaulting and physically assaulting our elders. It makes me so mad and so sad. And I, you know, I've lived here all my life. I've lived in Southern California all my life where there's always been a ton of Asians, mm -hmm. but, but I've never been nervous like this. And my, I've never been concerned for my parents. Like I have been, <laughs> excuse me, as of recently doing due, due to the shootings and all, the events that have happened to people that I even know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess from a personal level, like I go on this live stream every Thursday, right? Every Thursday afternoon, I go on this sports live stream and I talk football um, with one of my friends who is part of Sports Illustrated now. And he covers like the San Francisco 49ers and all the 32 NFL teams here. And he has a, a live a live chat on StreamYard just like this. Okay. And he'll get, and there'll be times when um, I'm on it and I'll, he'll get comments, you know, having some Asian racism, Asian slurs mm -hmm. on there. And it's, and I feel that it really relates to some of the, the stuff that you talked about um, here, how the, maybe guys like Trump or the government has kind of um, encouraged this kind of like attitude towards right. thinking like, you know, COVID-19 is related to, you know, Asians and things like that. So, yeah, it's just really, um, it's really discouraging and stuff. Right. And, and, as, and as much as it's terrible that the people who are actually, you know, committing these acts, like there's one level of that. And then there's the other people who brush it off or just even justify it and just don't, don't think of it as a big deal where, you know, that, that all builds up that all builds up to the climate we're in today yeah so yeah i uh, i for the most part like i i kind of grew up a little bit more conservative right i i was like oh okay as long as we work hard everything will be okay we'll get what we need but i don't know i feel like people usually are more liberal at first and then they grow up and are become more conservative but i feel like i've definitely gone the opposite way uh, just with my, I, 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 I think I am privileged because I, I 
grew up in Irvine. You know, I've had two parents who love me. I have two parents that always worked hard. I've had, I, I, I had a very comfortable life. Mm-hmm. I think that, and that I can recognize that privilege, but especially now growing up, having my eyes open to the, the tragedies that other people have to face. I, I realized, you know, it's, it's it's not all if you work hard everything will will work out for you yeah 100 percent agree with that there and and i have more of an i i have more i i feel like i need to speak up more for 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 people who don't have um who aren't capable of doing so and speak out i really i really learned that from from podcasting and just from i guess growing up yeah, I mean, like, I think a lot of us, we have like a whole lot of Facebook followers, right, throughout the years, and just maybe reposting and kind of directing our opinion about the matter and having it, you know, out there is really important for people to see. And uh, that's kind of like how I saw, you know, your comment about it. And I thought that, uh, you know, what you had to say today, you know, would be kind of eye opening for the public and stuff. Right. Especially as someone who never makes political commentary ever, like I, I truly believed in in Black Lives Matter, but I didn't post about it all the time. I think I did like one post. Yeah, but I I think I know the post that you're talking about where I said, you know, if you think it's okay to call it the China virus or Kung flu, like Kung just, flu, you know, yeah, unfollow me. Don't be my friend. I like I definitely don't need your your opinion to the contrary in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Because of, yeah, especially in today's climate, I there's it, it's very disheartening to to read comments or to hear comments that you know after the Atlanta shooting, the the thing that people are more enraged about is not is not the actual murders and deaths of innocent people, but it's it's the fact that that's being labeled a hate crime. And so they're, they're more emotional about the fact that it's not a hate crime. It's not a hate Mm. crime because X, Y, Z. Okay. But where's, where's your, where's your similar rage that these innocent people passed away or were murdered. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they were just, they weren't doing anything wrong. They were just living their life. They were just trying to make their living. Yeah. It's really unfortunate to hear. You know, um, it's just really sad, to be honest with you. And it kind of gets close to home, even though like it's all the way to, you know, in the East Coast. Like, I feel this could happen kind of anywhere in the country. It could even happen in California. We just don't know, you know, so. I, I, what's, you know, what's, what's really sad. And that's the word for this situation. But uh, what's really sad is that I, I feel like a lot of my Asian American friends and I are just. It's not really a matter of if; it's just a matter of when. Mm. That which is so, which is so backwards. Yeah, you know, I'm thirty. How old am I? We're in I'm our 50. we're in our mid thirties, right? Early thirties. <laughs> I'm thirty. I'm thirty six. I'm thirty six. Yeah, I stopped. <laughs> I stopped. Uh, I stopped counting, but I think I'm thirty seven years. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm, is born in 84. Yeah, I'm, I'm turning 37 this year. I mean, that's not a short amount of time. We're, people are supposed to be getting smarter. We're supposed to be getting more progressive. 
you know, we're in the United States of all places. Like that's, this is, this is a country of immigrants and it's just, it, it's going backwards. But what is awesome, and I, I will definitely discuss this, is that you, we generally don't see Asian people being loud and taking up space and attending protests, like specifically in Irvine. I remember that I, there just generally aren't that many protests in Irvine. Yeah. Yeah. And the the two times in my life that I have knowledge of there ever being a protest was one when uh, certain homeowners were protesting the construction of a homeless encampment site, and I was thinking like, oh wow, these people don't ever protest, but they're going to protest when it comes to their property values. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. But then two was uh, last summer during BLM and. I saw Asian people with like like older Asian men holding up signs in support of BLM and you know um, condemning the 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 police kneeling on his neck and just c- condemning police brutality. I thought that was amazing. That was amazing to get Asian people out to protest in support of Black Lives Matter and against police brutality. And now, even more recently, so I guess this is three times, but yeah, um, just as recently as last weekend, there have been protests regarding the AAPI hate that's going on right now. It's it's pretty incredible, right? Yeah. The people in Irvine are protesting, and yeah. Irvine is a bubble, right? It's, yeah. it's a civil, clean, safe bubble. But it, it's, it's inspiring to see that they will stand up when... In, in the face of hate. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You know, on some lighter matters here, I know you're part, you were part of the Thai American Bar Association. Um, how did you get involved there and what kind of lasting relationships did you develop? How did I get involved? My dad told me about it. Um, and so I decided, yeah, I, I will go to one of these, effect, these events. Mm-hmm. That's how I got involved. And it, it, so the Asian attorney community in Southern California, I think is pretty small, but um, especially like the Thai attorney community is, is even smaller. Um, or th- that's what I thought at first joining this association, I've met, uh, I, I realized that there's a lot more people like me than I thought, right? There's a lot more Thai attorneys. And uh, three in particular, I've become very good friends with. And two are in Orange County, like Thai attorneys in Orange County. Oh, my gosh. One moved up to uh, San Francisco, San Jose area near near you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they, I, it, it, it's, it, it's crazy to realize that I am friends with two girls who speak Thai, who eat – well, not to, like – more more than two, but I, I have these these peers who speak Thai, eat Thai food, and also we can talk about like civil procedure if we need to, or some bozo move that opposing counsel pulled. And mm-hmm. are you still part of the um, bar association over there? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still a member, just probably a little bit less active since I've given birth mm-hmm. to my second. Definitely. But I still fully support it and they do great things and it's, it's, they support, you know, AAPI programs. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, as we conclude this episode, um, usually we do a rapid fire series. So usually I'll ask you some quick questions and then um, you just have to try to answer it in eight seconds or less. Okay. Do you have a buzzer? No, but then I will tell you when it's time's up. (laughs) Okay. But in all honesty, you could just, you know, try to answer it to the best of your ability. It doesn't have to be within that eight seconds there, but, you know, try to answer maybe um, as fast as possible. Okay. First question for you would be, what is one thing about you that surprises people? Uh, that I can sing. Okay. <laughs> I think. You said karaoke was something that you like to do, right? So. Uh, I. I love to karaoke. I, I think singing is so fun, but I fully recognize that I'm not always on key. But I think for the songs that I know, and then hey, I, I'm I'm with you too. You know, yeah. I'm never on key, but I only know the songs that I do know. You know, I stick uh-huh. with what I know. You know, growing up in the '90s, 2000s, Backstreet Boys, In Sync, oh you God. know, Usher, you yeah. know, all of that, all of that good stuff. I stick to what I know too. So it'll just put you in a good mood too. Yeah. Right? All right, second question for you. What's a TV show um, that you've binged on lately and loved? Uh, Emily in Paris, Netflix. Netflix, okay. How many seasons? Just one. I think they were new for a second. It was the cutest movie. And, you know, you went through some some emotions. But for the most part, it's like lighthearted, happy-go-lucky, just an American girl who moves to Paris for her job and... Very you cool. Know, wears French fashion and eats the French food and starts a life there. Very cool. Very cool. Um, what is one thing you're excited about that's coming up in 2021? Uh, travel. I. You have a place in mind? Yeah, I have several places in mind. The one, the one trip we have planned right now is Florida. It's for to go see Glenn's family, which um, is always like I. It, it, it always ends up being really fun. So we'll go stay on the beach. We'll go visit his family. We'll eat a bunch of seafood on the beach. That's mm-hmm. what I'm excited for. I, I also will be going, I don't know where yet. There's a handful of locations uh, on a bachelorette trip for one of my best friends. Her name is Bree. She was our guest on that Lady Boner Killer <laughs> episode. Nice. But um, we're going to, she was supposed to get married last year. Of course, it was pushed back because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But it's it's on. Her wedding's gonna be in October, which means I get to go on a bachelorette trip, which I will plan. And I ask her about it like it's for me, even though it's really for her. But it's like um, I, I might be more excited about it than, than she. <laughs> and that will be in like either Vegas or Austin or some manageable location. But yeah, definitely, def- definitely spending the night out for that. Awesome. If you could describe your life in one word, what would it be? Busy. Busy. I like yeah. that. <laughs> Busy in a good way, though. Not like, yeah. uh, not like stressed, but not, I, I, I didn't say stressed, so that's good. Is, is it busy where time kind of um, goes by really fast? Busy where you're like, you wake up and then all of a sudden it's like freaking seven o'clock right now. It's like seven o'clock, like Absolutely. literally. I, I could use four more hours at least. I'm just sneezing. I might <laughs> sneeze. I sneeze a lot. Excuse me. Bless you. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, knowing um, what you know now, what advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? 
take your time, take your time and don't feel like you have to grow up too fast or just get mm -hmm. everything done at once. You know, when I was 18, I was like, this means I'm an adult. Yeah. I had to do adult things. But I, I think about it now. And it's like, I, I was a little tiny baby. I was a baby at 18. I, do you know Aziz Ansari? What was that? Aziz Ansari. Aziz Ansari? Yeah, you don't know Aziz Ansari. He's a comedian. It's, it's like, on um, Amazon, uh, right? I don't know. I don't think so. He was or on Netflix. Netflix. On Netflix. But yeah. he was also like on Parks and Rec. He's just—he's a very funny Indian. Yeah, he's guy. like a in Indian American right. um, kind of actor and stuff. Right. Yeah. So, for one of his like one of his bits during his stand-up comedy, I, this time he was in his early thirties, and he was talking about how uh, a couple of his friends—they were twenty-five years old—they got married. And oh my gosh, they had a baby. They had, they got pregnant. You know, they had a baby. And he was like, what happened to them? They used, I thought they were going to be such a good kid. Like they, they're supposed to be good kids, but because they had a baby, it's like, oh my gosh, so young, but, but like 25 people, people think they need to have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. uh, I just thought that was really funny because I was like, I can't imagine having a baby at 25. And I totally understand why he would say, they, they used to be so good. Yeah. To totally relatable, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know you have a couple children, right? Is there a career that you would want them to pursue? Uh, not, not like, oh, I want them to become doctors or anything. I really want them to do something that they love. Right. I, I, I want them. I don't want to tell them what to do. Um, mm -hmm. I will say that Kai is really good with Legos and really good with car. Like he knows more about cars than I do. Do you know what a chassis is? No. It's I Apparently it's like the body of a car, but it's, it's okay. My, my that kind of chassis. Yes. I yeah, know so that kind of chassis. My, so Kai one day had said something about like the chassis and I was like, was he making up words? I've never heard that word ever in my life. And Gwen was yeah. like, where did you learn that word? I think he learned it from YouTube, but anyway, he's just, he, he seems to really like putting things together and taking things apart. So in that respect, I was like, why don't you become an engineer? Why don't you become something that can build, build really cool things? So in that respect, like at this point in Kai's life, I'd say engineer. I wish he would become an engineer. Okay. There we go. But if he was like, but if he was also strictly like, I want to be a firefighter and his whole life was firefighters, I'd say. Be a firefighter. Just, mm -hmm. I want him to be happy. Okay. I like that answer. Casey, I have no idea what he's inclined to, but he likes to <laughs> he likes to squawk. We'll just have to see about him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, final question for you. Um, it could be alcoholic or non-alcoholic, mm -hmm. but what is your favorite beverage and why? Uh, I just have to go with red wine because yeah. this is something that I can drink all the time. Well, I mean, I always say like white wine during the day and red mm -hmm. wine at night, but... This will always this always gives me like a sufficient buzz. I enjoy the taste of it, and it just it makes me. Happy. I don't feel like I need too much of it. I think it's just the perfect just, thing to always have around if you need to relax a little bit too. And it's just perfect too. And you know, there's studies that show that it's fairly healthy drinking yeah. at least one glass a day, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm not drinking a whole bottle a day. Although okay. I, uh, you know, I have to add, I have to add non-alcoholic um, Ghirardelli double hot chocolate mm -hmm. the, the powder yeah. I, 
I had it this past weekend when, when I was in Big Bear. I've had bad experiences with like just hot chocolate mixes because I always thought they sucked. But Ghirardelli double hot chocolate, so good. <laughs> well, I think that wraps up the show here. Um, you know, if there's one place that people can, you know, find you and maybe chat with you on the World Wide Web, where, where would that be? Probably my Instagram, right? Uh, it's my handle is Cha Cha Chuki, C H A C H A C H U K I E. Cool. And we'll put that on the show notes um, oh, too, thanks. as well, here. Um, well, th Tiffany, thanks for coming on to the show. You know, I want thanks to acknowledge for you for, I want to acknowledge you for all the hard work that you put in in your law business. Um, and just showing some inspiration in terms of like, you know, motherhood, um, being a good mom and, uh, you know, showing your creative side of you on your podcast too. So yeah, thank you thank for you. coming on to the show. It's, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's fun and it's worth it. It brings me joy. So that's, <laughs> we, if, if anything, we should have joy in mind. All right. And same to you, Mike. I'm very proud of you for starting your podcast. All right. Well, mm -hmm. thanks again, you know, for coming on to the show. That is the that is the show for today. Take care, guys.